0: Hey team, welcome to episode 92 of Transition Talk, where we talk about dental transitions and how to navigate the sometimes messy path to practice ownership. Following your career path and having your parent or child next to you in the same career can be both exciting and complex. Whether you're both partners in the practice, or you're a mother or father handing off your legacy to your son or daughter or niece or nephew, practice transitions between family members become their own set of expectations, obstacles, and of course, some perks. To dive into more of this type of transition, we've brought on a father-son duo who are the owners of a general dentistry practice in Washington. We're going to hear their story, how they work with each other, and how they eventually got to where they are today. My trusted co-host, Mr. Loretto taking the lead on this episode, so I'll hand it off to him enjoy.
1: All right. Thank you, Christy. Man, I am so excited. I've got the great Kyle and the great Rick Washington all the way from Washington. We are doing the podcast today via Squadcast. So I get to see these guys live on camera. They're technically in the NDP booth. It's warm and welcome. And today's episode is about that related party. So we've got a father-son transition, and I've had a chance to meet this great couple. And Rick and Kyle, welcome. Welcome to the NDP Podcast.
2: Thanks, Charles. Yeah, thanks for having us. We're looking forward to it.
1: (laughs) All right, so I was thinking about it. So we had a chance to meet each other face-to-face for the first time. Roughly about 2017, you guys came down to uh, actually a Kane Waters event where we did the practice transition seminar. Is that right?
3: Yeah, and we had a good time. It was basically an MBA for Kyle. He really enjoyed it, and uh, we got exposed to the great relationship we now have with Kane and Waters.
1: Yeah, and, and, and you know when when you guys came down, obviously we do that two day seminar with Kane Waters. It's just like you know when you're trying to get that entry understanding of what it would like to be you know a partner. And so uh, I think we got you come in as a client, and then ultimately Kyle, uh, you bought into the practice. So let's just we know now you're a, you're a partner. We'll, we'll let our audience know that. But I really want to get the backdrop uh, of each of you. So so let's start with you a little bit, Kyle. Gonna give me a little bit about obviously you're the son. Uh, you're the new owner, but tell us just a little bit about your story and what it was like kind of growing up. The son of a dentist, and then uh, certainly, Rick, I want to hear yours as well. But let's hear from the young guy first. Uh, so tell us a little bit about you.
2: Yeah, so I'm, I'm actually the third Dr. Wash it in a row. So my grandfather was a dentist as well, general dentist, same with my dad grew up exposed to the profession, obviously. Never really know that I would do it for sure. Um, always always kind of thought that in the back of my mind, but had ideas of maybe being an orthopedic surgeon, go to medical school, that type of thing. And then come like my sophomore year of undergrad, dad said, hey, why don't you come in and check out, like decide which path you really want to go down. And so I shadowed a surgeon for a while and then shadowed my dad and really liked the relationships that he had with his patients, the variety that it's, general dentist gets and the fact that he wasn't on call all the time you know he was able to be a really present dad coached all of my baseball football so that that was a big appeal for me you know in that regard so
1: so basically you saw that it was a 30-hour work week versus a 100-hour work week good, good, good job out. i get it <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I think it's funny when you interview medical doctors and, and dentist and i was like Really? I could have been a dentist? Because, I mean, they look at dentistry like it's so this, you know, like so this way down below them. But they're like, I think they're smarter than me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we got a few things figured out. so
1: <laughs> Yeah. So, see, you learned a thing or two before you got to dental school to understand. So, do you find that helped you? Do you think that that helped you, you know, either clinically or anything just to be... A little bit above your class, just having that exposure.
2: Maybe a little. I think. I think it gave me perspective in dental school. You know, of like something was really stressful or hard, and you can call dad and ask him, "Hey, hey, is this yeah nice, relatable? Nice yeah, phone, phone a friend. friend, exactly." Yeah. So, you know, call him yeah, and he'd say, yeah, "Well, yeah." In our practice, this is how we do that, or you know, maybe take that with a grain of salt or, you know, however it might be, or yeah, that's really important. You need to study on that. And so that was helpful to get through some of those hard times in dental school. And I think my dad really... Pushed me in the right directions, but let me go about it on my own way. He didn't really try and steer me any one way, whether that was general dentistry or coming back to his practice. It was just, hey, just take advantage of all the opportunities you can, and you know,
1: go search for that on your own. So, Rick, I know just being in this field for over twenty years, one of the greatest, I think, just smiles and joys that you'll ever see on on a parent is having a business, in this case, a dental practice, and bringing their child in so this had just been a like a joyous just moment just the the time he says hey i'm gonna do this and certainly day one that he shows up tell us a little bit about that experience and just a little bit about your career and the nervousness about bringing this guy in as well
3: well i had a pretty long working interview with him <laughs> 20 26 years <laughs> yeah you knew I, you were getting buddy knew you know you are getting kidding. Uh and I but I yeah I didn't know he was going into dentistry on day one. Like I say he was thinking otherwise. And then when he decided that he wanted to be a dentist, he kinda of fell in love with the big city in Seattle when he went over there. Thought I'd never give him back to the small town and uh he was gonna buy into one of my classmates practice. And then when he decided to come back home it was it was a real blessing. And, uh, you know, probably the most important thing for me and my wife was to have them back home and, you know, the relationships, the personal relationships, and then the grandchildren close by. So blessed.
1: Yeah. Because you guys are like two hours east of Seattle. I mean, totally different climate, right? You're kind of in that, that mountain dry area versus this wet Seattle. So definitely two different climates. Obviously, you know, two different communities. One, I'd call it more of a smaller town versus the... The bigger so yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you're nervous that this guy's going to get used to something different and not want to come come back home. <laughs> so, I, I'm curious though, as he gives you kind of the nod, like maybe this is something he is his interested in. At what point in your mind and this, uh, and I'll use this for you, Rick, is. And I know obviously you came down to this cane Waters meeting, but did you already have like some preconceived ideas as far as like okay, uh, I'm gonna sell it for this price, and this is the timing of when I'm gonna do it based on maybe an age or something to explain a little bit about in your mind what you were thinking about just conceptually how this deal was gonna work
3: well i I think uh, you want someone with the experience and national presence to know the value of the practice, but I think. Probably the biggest thing for Kyle coming in was his wife to buy into the community. And he obviously grew up here. He knew what to expect. But uh, his wife, Marguerite, loved her to death. But is she going to like this area? And I think that was the biggest concern that I had initially. And and so fortunately, he did a a general practice residency in the area. And they got to kind of toe touch to see if they liked it and uh, we kind of started down the practice transition road and then we had to remodel the office because he's a left-hander and the operatories weren't set up for for left-handers. So we had a good year to decide, or she decided she liked Yakima and uh, she did and she does. So we moved forward and and, uh, came down for the practice transitions and kind of found out what would be the best way for us to proceed
2: yeah and I think we kind of had an idea of maybe doing a partnership or um coming in together and when we really started diving into the numbers at our our like sale of practice consult, we each had our own planner from Kane Waters and they started looking at the numbers and said the pie's just not quite big enough to make it work for both of you to do a fifty fifty You'd have to really bust your butt to market and get these things done and you know me at twenty eight I was probably good to do that. Dad, what, you're 62 at that time, probably, was like, yeah, I don't think I'm ready to go that hard. And so it wound up making a lot more sense for us to do a full sale. And so...
1: Yeah, a, it just you guys have a great practice. It's a, it's a really, really busy one, kind of one and a half doctor practice. And you're right, sometimes the numbers say one thing that's one thing i think we do good on this podcast the numbers are what they are
3: i i kind of had a premonition that there was going to be a global pandemic and so i wanted out (laughs) it was january 2020
1: oh my god yeah rick that's always been your thing like how do i slow down let's get this guy in here let's get his wife sold on this thing and uh let's let's get him in as an owner that, that was always your conversation that we had how many days a week now are you guys working now in the practice. So we started, you know, as the associate, we're working. Did you, Kyle, did you work just always full-time in the practice? Did you work any part-time or did you go straight in full-time?
2: I came out of my residency in 2017 and I started one day a week and dad basically scaled back a day. And then eventually we got to where I was working too. He was working three, overlapped one day, and then it just the tables just kind of kept tipping a little bit towards me. And I was still working at community health clinic, um, kind of doing some per diem work just to pay the bills and keep getting more experience. And so it wasn't like, hey, day one, you're you got a full time job. It was kind of growing into that
1: associate so this for our listeners i mean this is such an an important moment for listeners so for my established doctors this is a perfect way in my opinion a perfect way to transition because you're going from that four to three to two to one i just think it's so important for you mentally i think it's important for your patients i think it's important for your team And the same thing with my buyers, when when you're coming in, it's like, instead of just jumping all in, you're still learning, you're still learning different systems, your different procedures at the other office and location. You're thinking about the team members you're probably gonna recruit to come work for you. There's so much about that transition that I absolutely love. So fast forward now, we've got you Kyle, 100%. What year did you become the the 100% owner?
2: Uh, I bought it January, 2020. So just
1: over, okay. what, three years, three and a half years now. I like it. And then what are you working now? What number of days are you working in the practice now? So
2: I'm full, full time, four days. Dad actually fully retired uh, one year ago now. So he's okay. on the other side of things. So we kind of, I worked as an associate for two and a half years. He worked as my associate for two and a half years and then stepped stepped away. And so,
1: But he's yeah. still available for vacations, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> He, he
2: covered Rick, me. For... Are you not helping your son out when he goes on vacation? Seriously,
3: wow! He you have me... really
2: enjoyed your retirement. Yeah, he covered me for two uh, paternity leaves, so that was that was. Plenty, and now he's now he's riding off in the sunset, fishing in okay. Alaska. Okay, he, he's get, he's <laughs> letting
1: you know that this is it. This, uh-huh. It's all done. He'll,
2: he'll watch the kids for us. No, no more okay. training okay. With, okay. Garth. Hey.
3: <laughs> okay,
1: man, that I got to learn from this. This is awesome. So give me something unique when you first were kind of working together. So obviously we had to change some chairs around for some, some left-handers. Was there any procedures that were unique that perhaps that uh, Kyle or Rick that you weren't doing or were doing now, just something unique about when you kind of join forces and in some interactions or anything unique about kind of working together in the practice? So
2: my residency was really impactful for me. I got to work with a bunch of different dentists took out a lot of teeth, a oral surgery. I think I did over 100 root canals that year. And so those are things that my dad didn't do in the practice. So I came in, he basically referred me all the molar endos, extractions, um, even some cosmetic stuff that I had done more training in through Koi Center and through my residency. And so that for me was like a really good way to meet patients, fill up my schedule, you know, and no one really wanted to just jump in with me day one, but if he said, hey, you gotta go to a specialist or you can go to my son, it was a really good way to for me to give patients a good experience day one, and then they kinda kept wanting to see me or didn't have a problem seeing me.
3: Well, one thing that I kinda insisted or highly recommended was for Kyle to go out and do a general practice residency and/or an associateship in some other practice before he came in with me. And, you know, he, he did the pr- general practice residency and just thrived. And one of my colleagues, retired endodontist, gave him a mini endodontic end residency, and it was just awesome.
1: I can't say enough about this. This is like the perfect. I mean, I, this is literally what I preach all the time. If you go out and get that experience with another, if it's a GPR, as an associate, or just focus on something, it just it just broadens your clinical set and just gives you so much mental confidence when you are in front of that patient and in the chair and get your speed up. So that's awesome. So Rick, what have you learned about working with him? Well, you know, I know he's your son, and you're going to brag <laughs> on, but you know, tell me something you've learned from him.
3: Well, I, I've learned a lot of respect and uh, he's his thirst for knowledge and wanting to do the gpr the relationship he's developed with the, my colleagues in the dental community which i think is so important he joined the study club that I was, prosthetic study club that i was in and was w- warmly welcomed and respected and it's just been wonderful
1: do you guys have any conflict in this thing? Have you, did you, did you just like dad get out of the way or, or son you're not doing this right? Did you, did you guys have any, any conflict in the last uh, couple of years when you were working together?
3: I, I don't think so. We had uh, pretty smooth sailing. One of my big deals was uh, personal relationship, number one. And if we had work conflict, we dealt with it. And if we couldn't resolve it, I was gonna walk out the back door and preserve our, <laughs> preserve our relationship. Yeah.
1: You want to keep relationship with them grandkids. I know what I know. What this is about. Yeah, you you're, you're, Rick. You're going to bite that tongue, even even though Kyle gets on your nerves. I'm telling you, you're going to bite that tongue because you want them grandkids to keep showing up. I understand. Very, very much. I. Yeah, Yeah, I get it. So, you got to give me a little bit. So, I mean, any obstacles, anything that? Okay, Kyle, you've got control of the grandkids, so you really have control of the overall relationship in this. I know how this deal works. It's kind of like your wife had control on what you're going to do Yakima or not. So, since you have control, was there any things that Dad? You kind of, Dad, like you know, you just need to leave. You know, is there anything? I mean, I think. I think we we worked really well together. You guys have a great relationship. I'm just trying to stir it up, guys.
2: I come out of the residency and I've got grand ideas. You know, it's like we're changing our computer system, we're going paperless, we're you know, buying all this new stuff. And it's like, you know, he was the owner at that time and he gets to make the say on it and he said, well, you know, you can't just throw everything in chaos and change all at once and so I think If anything, that was kind of our dialogue we had back and forth of like, you know, I want to do this thing, but I got to defer to him. And and I learned from that in that You know, sometimes change is great, but you don't need to go overboard and really rock the boat with the team. And it's already a lot having the associate come in, having the son come in, new guy. We don't need to just throw everything that's worked for a long time out. And so then, you know, as I've bought the practice, we're kind of slowly implementing some of those things. And uh, that's been been successful in not causing too much turmoil with the team and keeping things steady. And I think that's a big thing that I've learned from his experience, you know, is some of those management things and um just ways to manage the change in a healthy way we did implement you know some digital scanning so that was helpful and fun for him to have me kind of tutor him on some of that stuff and but we didn't go overboard and you know just overhaul everything um and so i got to learn from a lot of his systems and the way that he ran the practice forever and he learned some of my new technology new techniques and so that was a fun kind of Interplay, and I think we both learned that during that, like, or I did at least. You know, I kind of have to defer in some some ways, and if I really feel passionate about something, he's open to it. But we got to have that conversation so that we both feel good. That it's a win win. Um, otherwise, you know, I didn't want him to walk out because I really love practicing with him, and I love. A break in the schedule and grabbing a cup of coffee in his office and talking about the football game. You know, it's it was really special to have that. Awesome,
1: Rick. He, he came out of the gate like ready to uh, put in uh, three hundred thousand dollars of equipment. Like what? What was? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Pretty, pretty we're going nice. to take all, all pretty of pretty your, your 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 pictures on the wall and you know we're going to put up cooler stuff and uh yeah. yeah change the decor. It's like the the girlfriend that moves in and about ready to, you know, change over the 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 bachelor's pad and make it to their own spot. Like uh what what were some of the things you kind of came out of the gate with? Just some some basic stuff or what?
3: Well, we had uh, a building that wasn't really set up for two two docks. It was it was a duplex building with three ops on one side, which I practiced out of for 32 years, and then four ops on another side with a dock that had retired pretty recently. Essentially, the first thing we did was remodel the office, and that was interesting because we didn't want to shut down, so we remodeled the four operatory side. And that was. Kyle's left-handed side and then once that was remodeled we went and remodeled the uh, the three operatory side and that gave us a facility to grow and that was the you know pretty big time consuming it was tough on everybody to work around the construction and that you know that took a year or so
2: eight months or yeah, eight something months. like that
3: but, and the staff did awesome and you know during the transition they developed a lot of respect for Kyle and and sometimes that's not the case so it really worked out well and that was that was number one and it was pretty decent expense so I kind of told him to hold back a little bit on his request.
1: Well look a couple of couple of things here that I'm just my my mind is going crazy here is Rick I think you did an amazing job of obviously from a leadership standpoint explaining how this is going to work you know to him you probably don't have all the answers You made a significant investment with the building and and the changes and the operatory growth and things like that. And you know, to remind to our listeners too, when when you make those types of investments, you don't always get dollar for dollar back with regards to to value. So that's definitely conversations you have to have early on with that associate to say, hey, I've got a, a four chair practice. It does a million bucks and we really need to be a five or a six chair and it needs this equipment. So you go ahead and make these investments. So it's a conversation that, number one, you have to have with both parties and have maybe some, and maybe not the expert is a strong word, but have definitely some transition experience to understand how this new investment is going to impact that valuation. The other thing that made me kind of give some pause, to is for our family members who are doing this type of transition. So if we've got, in this case, a father-son, but it doesn't make a difference if it's you know mother-daughter, mother-son, or... Aunt, uncle. The IRS looks at this transition as what's called a related party. So, for all the listeners, I want you to make sure that when you are doing business with family, that this is a a related party transition. And the other thing is, you know, again, we're going to make some upgrades and changes to the building. So these are good conversations that you got to have early on. And then, you know, Rick just being the leader and explaining to the team, explaining to his patients, and kind of giving them a little nudge that, hey, my son is. He's pretty good, you know. You, you want to be able to make sure that we're not just making huge investments like this, but we're making investments and that we can basically support that investments with, with the growth. So you guys, your chemistry is like it, it's it should be great. I mean, it's a father son. But it doesn't always have to be great. I've, I've seen some contiguous you know issues between uh between between family members. So uh, moving on. So what what do you see uh, kind of as your future? Um, Kyle, you know we got dad out fishing in Alaska. Maybe you know checking hygiene in the future if you you know ask nicely in Christmas and give him more kid time. But what do you <laughs> see as your future for the practice? You know, how do you envision kind of your next twenty plus years in the practice?
2: Yeah, so we we built out the building for two doctor practice. You know, we I bought COVID hits. We've we've grown, but dad wanted to slow down so it's really kind of like a 1.3 doctor practice right now so we're not quite ready to hire that associate and we're not filling up our space and so we want to get more patients coming through and so i actually have an opportunity to purchase a, some charts of a retiring doctor um, he approached my dad an old classmate part of that um, networking that i've done in the community they approached us saying hey, I need to retire pretty quickly um would you be interested and so i've explored that over the last few months here and uh, decided to proceed with that so come next march i'll be buying about 1400 patients and getting an associate in and so now we're just strategizing how to you know reach out to those patients how do we get them scheduled for recall from a different location about five miles away um, to bring in so I mean we're kind of primed for some pretty serious growth in the next year hopefully and spending a lot of time um, going to work to put that all together kind of outside of my day-to-day you know seeing patients so that's exciting
1: Kyle I'm so proud of you man you're crushing it and I've told people in lecture in the last you know, 20 years of, of just talking dentistry, in the history of 20 years, I have never met one person ever that has bought charts from a the guy or gal down the street and regretted it this is the most amazing acquisition that's out there to be able to buy that many records and relationships bring them into your office just for you know typically a below market type price it really does allow your practice to just thrive just to take off so that is that's exciting so that's a big number of of records and yeah you got the space now but yeah you better have a plan of how how you're going to treat them, and so is this. You, you already have the kind of the eye on the associate of, of who's going to be coming in.
2: I've got a couple people in mind, yeah, and
1: haven't. A couple <laughs> people. We won't share. We won't. Just in case those are listeners. We'll just say that we have our eye on a couple of people. Is that is that what I'm if hearing? If
2: anyone wants to move to Yakima, Washington, um, you can reach out. To <laughs> Kyle Washington. Hey, at hey, hey, hey! I'm a broker here, buddy. Okay. <laughs>
1: if, if, if you if you're interested in Yakima, you reach out to okay. Charles. <laughs> okay, Charles. and then Charles is going to charge them a good bottle of wine to make this introduction. Okay. <laughs> Or actually, an old fashioned or something—I <laughs> don't know. We 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 have shared a few cocktails <laughs> yes, along sir. the way with this this group here. So
2: no, so we're working on that. I think there's going to be a lot of patients that need to be seen, and it's a really good opportunity for somebody to come on in. So yeah, I'm excited.
1: Yeah. No. This is. I'm sitting around with a 26, 7 year old and saying, "What? You know, here's dad. What's the situation? Can we draw this up? I mean, I I, I just. Get into your GPR, work slowly into the practice, take dad's practice over, uh, let's expand, let's buy charts, let's think about, you know, eventually bringing in the associate, eventually bringing in a partner in and pulling the equity out and, you know, saving, you know, 80 plus grand a year for, for retirement and wake up, I mean, I just, I couldn't have scripted it better. So this is awesome.
2: I think the other
1: key that I would say, and
2: this is probably a plug for Kane Waters or NDP, but- having a third party whoever that is that you guys both agree is good and we kind of did our research and finding that and if there was any kind of oh that doesn't seem fair to me we had somebody to defer to and they could explain it and say hey this is actually where you need to give a little bit and for both sides and so we both understood that that took away a lot of the resentment. I took the loan out from the bank to pay the fair market value for the practice. And that took some of the, at that point, interest rates were a lot better. So it made a lot of sense to do that. But it took away that dynamic of, oh, I have this debt from my parents. We were totally independent uh, of that. They made it fair with education, with paying for my COIS training. Um, So I, I felt totally fair with my parents. But I think they felt fair that dad got value for his practice that he spent his life building. So at least that's that was key for us.
3: No, I I, I totally agree and with the old saying, Charles, if if Dr. Seller thinks he's getting too little and the doctor buyer says he's paying too much, the price is probably right. And so we felt the price was right and we both felt really good about our relationship with cane Waters and, and how we went about the whole process. So.
1: Well, I tell people all the time, it's like, uh, how do you know that we're doing a good job and being fair? And I tell people, you know, NDP, the thing is, is we charge flat fees And then if I make it fair, I have a long-term incentive. And it literally, in this example, I get, this is what my long-term incentive is. I get both of you guys as, you know, clients for life, you know? So that's where the NDP relationship truly kind of stands on its own. We can put a fair deal together because if it is, you both proceed and then you both become the client. All right, Rick, we're going to close out with a question with you. And uh, as you think about this process that you did with son, what advice would you give to any family member? and I want you to to speak, you know, from the father's standpoint in this case, and speak to the other moms that are out there that are thinking about bringing in their children. What what advice would you give to others that are considering bringing in their children?
3: Well, I think the, the personal relationship is number one, and that's the most important thing that we put out there with, with our working relationship. I think doing, something on your own before you come into the practice super important like to say the GPR or the associate chip you know just a real thirst to come in and bring something to the table when you come to into the practice. It's awesome.
1: We're gonna close on something fun. you were not prepared for this one. So these are just one word responses <laughs> from both of you okay So taco or enchilada. Taco. Taco. Beer or bourbon? Beer. Beer. Kind of depends. Sometimes on a hot day, you know, the beer is better, but at night the bourbon's better. So I I,
3: I saw the wheels turning. I'm going back okay. to Kentucky for the bourbon trail, so that might change.
1: Okay, so, it might yeah. change. Okay. All right, next. Bougie or practical? Practical. Bougie. I agree. I'm bougie all day. Beach or mountains? Beach.
3: Boy. Probably mountains for me. Yeah,
1: yeah. One or two words, Kyle, go with you first. Best part of being an owner? Control of my destiny. I like it, I would say the same thing, perfect. It's one of the five reasons you own If My listeners have said that about a million times, so I'm glad that was a good response. That was not prompted by the way, but that is exactly my fifth reasons of why you own a business. All right, Rick, we're closing on you, brother. One or two words, what's most exciting about being retired? Control.
2: Control to see your grandkids (laughs) or (laughs) what? Control (laughs) of (laughs) what?
1: Control (laughs) of (laughs) what? Yeah, you control your time. Oh, man, it's awesome. It's awesome. Well, man, you guys have been great. Uh, Joellen has given me the thumbs up that this was just amazing. And uh, Christy says hello. Uh, if you've not figured out from episodes, uh, the last three four episodes,
3: she's putting hi.
1: Charles Moore. In- yeah, I will. I will. She's in Cabo, by the way. So she would answer. Actually, Cabo, the great thing about Cabo is it's-, it's mountains and beach. So that's, again, why it's my favorite spot to go to. You guys have been amazing. Thank you so much for... Your contribution for today's episode. I look forward to seeing you here this week at the office, Kyle and Rick. We will see you real soon, okay, guys? Thanks, Charles. That was fun. Thanks Thanks a lot, Charles. Oh, man. Appreciate it, guys. Awesome. Thank you.
0: All right, team. Hopefully you enjoyed that interview and learned a little bit if you're a family about to explore a transition. That's all we have for today. Thank you for joining us on episode 92 of Transition Talk. As always, make sure to share the transition love with those who may not know of us yet. And of course, subscribe to Transition Talk wherever you listen to your podcast. Until next time.